This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. actually get into a relationship in my late 20s and I thought it was it. I thought I found my ticket to happily forever after. My whole life plan was set out. So much of my identity in him, in us, in our future plans, that when that relationship fell apart quite drastically due to infidelity, I fell apart. Our greatest lesson in this lifetime is to practice opening our hearts even when it hurts, especially when it hurts. Let's take a breath. <sighs> hey guys, I'm Cindy Lutwako and welcome to Something to Share. Every Wednesday, I sit down with people you may have seen on your TV screens, experts in their fields, or just people I find inspirational so that they have a platform to dive into the things that they really want to talk about. We all have something to share, something that we're going through, and something that we need to hear. So let's get started. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy that you're here and that you press play wherever you are in the world, whether you're in your car, on a walk, listening from your shower, because I do that too. I'm just so happy that you're here. Today, we have Amy Chan on the podcast. She is an author, a speaker, an entrepreneur, but she is best known for creating what she calls the Renew Breakup Bootcamp. So we're going to get a lot into all things breakups, heartbreak, recovering from heartbreak, and how to move on from letdowns today. So if that's something that you've gone through recently, We're sending a lot of love your way or if it's something that you maybe are overcoming getting let go from a job or some type of transition or some type of change that's happened recently in your life that has led to somewhat of a heartbreak. We feel you. We got you. This episode is absolutely for you. So Amy's really unique. She left what was a six-figure salary to start the world's first and only breakup boot camp. I loved this conversation with her. I felt so connected to her, and I just love that she is helping so many people, especially women, overcome something that can be very tragic in someone's life or debilitating in a way. Like I haven't myself gone through a breakup, but from what I've heard and what I've seen from friends, it can basically put a pause on all things productivity and and normal life. You feel like you can't eat. You feel like you can't sleep. You feel like you can't think of anything else. You feel like your whole world is turned upside down. So if that's you, I hope that this episode connects with you in some way. She gives us a lot of tools on how to overcome a breakup, what maybe led to breakups, 
um, and with her own stories and journeys of her own relationships and breakups and how it's led her to where she is today and all the things that she's learned from those really tough times and how she's using that to help other people, I think is such a beautiful thing. Because I know I've, I've experienced this with friends where you just, you want to help them and you want to do everything you can, but you, there's really not much you can do or feel like you can do in the moment. You don't really have the tools to help those people. And Amy has all of that and more. She has this retreat style boot camp that helps you to overcome those tougher experiences. But I think what the main theme of it all is through overcoming challenges like this, finding yourself again and finding love for yourself and different tools and tactics to really find your own happiness so that when you go into those newer relationships or relationships after those breakups, you are set up for success and are able to basically embrace loving again. I know that. I'm sure that's very tough. My own experiences with heartbreak are different. Mine came from heartbreak from jobs and from experiences not going my way and being very heartbroken from them. One of them specifically I remember was I had been auditioning for the Nick City Dancers for it was like a week long audition process and I was very excited about it. I'd made it to the end. Each day was about four hours. You have a different choreographer that comes in each day. You learn a new routine and they critique you from the way you look to your movement, to your style, to your strength, to your athleticism. There's a whole thing that you go through and they make cuts each night and you slowly they slowly dwindle it down and they're looking for 20 women. So I made it to the last day, which is a very challenging thing in in and of itself. And that last day I got cut and I was devastated. I I can't even explain how (laughs) upset I was. I walked from the west side of Manhattan all the way to the east side, crying my eyes out in broad daylight. I had my eyelashes on my cheeks because I was crying so hard. Um, Makeup was running all down my face. I called my parents and they were devastated for me because they were so excited. And I was just so beaten down at this point. I was ready to give up on all things dance and I was ready to give up on all my dreams. I just didn't feel like it could ever be real at that point. I wanted to basically a little bit of a depression for a week and went home to my apartment. I remember crying on the subway and some guy being like, cheer up, sweetheart. And I wanted to punch him in the face. Very much devastated and not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel or that I would ever get over this thing. But I gave myself a day or two. And then the next day I picked myself up after some pad thai, wine, and ice cream. I managed to pull myself together and I didn't give up on those things. I know that's a very different story compared to a breakup. I know that's much more emotional and layered with so much heartbreak. Um, So I feel for all of you. But what I hope for you is that this episode and this talk with Amy helps you to find some light, whether you're going through a breakup right now or there's still some leftovers from a previous breakup or whatever you're going through. I hope that you connect some way to this episode. I think you're going to love this one. Please share it with a friend. Send it to someone that might be going through a breakup or a heartbreak of some kind. Please shoot that over to them and tag us on social media if you decide to put it up because I love when you guys do that. Um, Besides that, my something to share. I'm really excited. I'm going to spend a couple of days with my mom. I'm taking her on a trip to thank her for helping me plan the wedding. She is the best and I love her so much. And we are going to Arizona and I found this really cool hotel that's kind of like a spa retreat style. They have yoga classes and 
meditation classes and sound baths and all that good stuff. It kind of sounds similar to what Amy does for her boot camp, actually, which is really cool. Um, but we're very excited. Her and I are both very adventurous and we love things like yoga and really good food and, I mean, spa days. Who doesn't like that, to be honest? I'm so excited to connect with her. It's definitely tough being apart from my mom and my parents, um, being about 10 hours away. So we're really excited and I am so happy that I get to take her on this trip. I feel like such an adult by being able to take my mom on something like this and to be able to spend time with her and to thank her for something that she's doing that's so huge is really cool. I feel like it's a good idea to take your, if you're planning a wedding or if you want to give back to your parents, take them on a trip if you can do that or afford it in some way. I think it's such a great idea and we're very excited. Um, We obviously haven't gone yet, but I know that we're going to have a blast and I'm just so pumped to spend a couple days with her. So yeah, if you're looking for a gift for your parents, maybe get them a trip or maybe take them on a trip and spend a few days with them. And especially as we get older and our lives change and we're in relationships or whatever is going on in your life, it's tough because your relationship with your parents shift in a way. I mean, it's a nice thing because you're becoming an adult and creating your own family and your own lives, but it's tough when that relationship takes a little shift. So call your mom, call your dad, tell them that you love them. It's just a good reminder just to tell the people that you love that you love them. Please enjoy this episode, guys, with Amy. I think you're going to love it. Like I said, share it with a friend, family, anyone you think could hear it. And before you go, we love a five-star review. So make sure that you like and subscribe to the podcast and write us a review. I'll just love you forever. Please enjoy this episode with Amy. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Love it. Well, we just kind of jump in here. So Amy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. I'm really excited to sit down with you. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited. I feel like we haven't had a breakup deep dive on my podcast yet. We've done a lot of relationship podcasts and dating, but not so much in the breakup front. And I know everyone experiences this in some form. So I'm really excited to get into all that you do. For those that might not be familiar with that, could you give me a breakdown of like what your work is, how you got into it, like and who you are? Yeah. So I'm Amy Chan. I'm the founder of Renew Breakup Bootcamp. We take a scientific and spiritual approach to healing and rewiring the heart. Uh, We started off with retreats. So they're four-day retreats in nature where we bring in a team of 12 experts ranging from psychologists, behavioral scientists to dominatrixes. Love it. (laughs) People come thinking they're there just to heal from their ex. But what we always find out is that it's never just about the ex, it's recycled pain. So 
all of the work that I do from my book, Breakup Bootcamp, to the retreats, to online programs is really about identifying the patterns, the subconscious beliefs that cause us to recreate the same emotional experiences over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I think I've learned that from dating or just like talking to people like you that it's all connected to so much more than just what we see on the surface or what is initially happening. There's so much more connection. So I'm glad that you have created this process for people because honestly, it sounds like something that would be great for anyone to experience, whether they were going through a breakup or not. I just love self-work and it sounds like a deep dive into all of that. So it's really exciting. Yeah. Um, Before we jump into all the questions I have for you, I want to ask you my initial questions I always ask everyone. So the first one is to share something either from your nightstand, surprising, or with an interesting backstory. So what do you have for us? So I have this little cactus. It's shaped in a heart. And this is something I created to signal to my partner that my love tank is on empty. And Mm. so I found that whenever... I need more connection. I veer a bit more anxiously attached. I'm a former major codependent and he's more avoidantly attached and he's super busy. And so I found that when my love tank was on low, I would get passive aggressive. I would start pouting and it would be like a week of me being like, yeah, I'm fine. And I Mm -hmm. hated having this big conversation about it because I felt like it was a little bit I don't know, silly. So I came up with this thing where if my love tank's on low, it's a more fun, playful way. I put it on his desk. He knows. I also have a Slack. We have a Slack channel. I have a list of all the ways that I feel loved and their ideas like flowers, massage, bath, Mm. bubble baths. And he could just do one of those things. And it doesn't have to be this big ordeal. I love that. A lot of times in relationship, especially initially, there's like all this mystery behind it. And like, oh, he just has to know exactly what I need and when I need it. And he just has to read the cues. But I've learned from my own relationship that's like so not the case. Like a lot of times you have to spell things out for people and things can be happening. And there's so much more under the surface when you just like know like, oh, my partner is really stressed at work right now. And this is what he needs. Or And it's not because I tend to take things really personal. Right. So if I don't know that and he is like standoffish or something, I'm like, well, he hates me and <laughs> we're doing b- bad. So like if I have those cues, I like that you have that little like physical representation. I think that's a really great thing to have. And the toolbox that you have for like how to be loved or like show love to you. I think that it's really special and I want to write my own. <laughs> it's good to have. One more question before we dive more into this is anything that you could share either from your heart or mind or what's going on with you lately? I just turned 40 and the idea of children has been popping up in my mind a lot. So I've never thought about my age I've never been like, oh, I'm getting older and Mm -hmm. I feel like super young at heart. I also am aware that biologically timing does matter. It's a very weird thing because I don't feel ready for children, but Mm -hmm. I'm 40. So I'm told that my body has a certain period of time. If I want to have children naturally, if I can even have children naturally. So that's been something that's been on my mind and I don't have an answer. I don't know if being ready for children is something that happens to you or you push yourself into. And I'm just trying to figure that out. 
Yeah, it's a really hard thing to figure out. And it's very individual because I've heard mix of like, oh, you're never ready until you physically have the child in your hands. And you're like, okay, we're doing this. I'm ready. Or it's like, I've always known and I'm let's do it tomorrow. Yeah, I feel like I'm wavering between the middle ground right there because it's definitely something in the back of my mind too. I'm 30, but like it's just the idea of like all the shifts that you need to make and being ready for those shifts, but also like being attentive to your clock and all the things that go into it. So I feel you and I don't have an answer. (laughs) myself. But yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Especially as a career woman like you are and like making those shifts and yeah, thinking about that. It's tough. Yeah. But yes, thank you for sharing that. Okay. So I want to help a lot of people and I feel like your work does that. So I want to get into all of this breakup boot camp that you do and renew and all of those things. So first, I want I love an origin story and I love that it seems that you took a breakup and created this huge business and you're helping all these people now. Like I would love to hear your breakup story that led to all the work that you're doing right now. Yeah. When I look back, I feel like I've been heartbroken since I've been a kid and I became a relationship columnist about 12 years ago. And really because I kept struggling with relationships, I, in other parts of my life from school, career, everything was on track and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I always thought something was wrong with me. So I thought if I could figure out the science of it, then maybe I'll figure out this love business. And then I eventually get into a relationship in my late twenties and I thought it was it. And I thought I found my ticket to happily forever after my whole life plan was set out. He was a businessman. I would eventually, you know, be a stay at home mom right on the side for fun. And I was like, this is what, what relationships are supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. And I put so much of my identity in him and us in our future plans that when that relationship fell apart quite drastically due to infidelity, um, I fell apart and Mm -hmm. I spiraled. I couldn't get out of the depression, the panic attacks, the really, really uh, traumatic thoughts of suicidal ideation. And I think because I've been such an overachiever, I felt an extra layer of shame because I couldn't Mm -hmm. just get out of it. I couldn't just do something. I was doing all the things and nothing was working. And Mm -hmm. when I was able to finally heal from that breakup, and it took a lot of time and different types of healing modalities, I thought to myself, Well, what happens to those people who don't have a support system, who don't know which books to read, who don't have friends that are coming over and physically watching you eat because you haven't eaten for a week? What happens to those people? And I recognize that all of us are a few bad decisions away from doing something completely destructive to ourselves or to someone else. And I was like, I have to create something for these people that they can get away. So they're not triggered by all the same associations, but Mm -hmm. they're not just going to a spa yoga retreat. They are learning. What are the patterns? What are you accountable for? What can you change? So you don't keep repeating the same heartbreak over and over again. And Mm -hmm. that's how breakup bootcamp was born. I can't believe there's not something that came along before that, because that's what we all need. I mean, I feel like that makes total sense because it's when you're in the same, especially like patterns of your old life too, and then a person's missing and you are just at this like total loss, I'm sure it can just feel like so overwhelming. And it's nice to have like an outlet where you can like fully deep dive into it because that's the other thing too. Like your friends can be so supportive. Your family can be so supportive. But like after a while, they're going to be tired of hearing the same stories or yeah. you just talking about the same things. And I then people turn to internalizing it yeah. more and not sharing it when you get to that point. 
point. So it's so nice that you've created this. I'm wondering then what is the process of the right way or what is the process of a normal breakup? Like what's happening to us mentally when mm-hmm. a breakup happens? Like what is that on that scientific level? Yeah. So they've actually done studies where they scanned the brain of people who are newly separated and they saw that the same part of the brain was activated as a drug user feeding for their next fix. So the conclusion is that after a breakup or separation, you're literally feeling these withdrawal symptoms. And something to consider is your body is used to getting its doses of dopamine, oxytocin, these feel-good chemicals from your relationship. Every time you have breakfast together, go to sleep together, even when you fight, you're getting these, these chemicals. And so after a breakup, even if you know on a cognitive level it's over, your body's in a state of shock. It's saying, give me those chemicals. And so when you're feeding to reread old text messages or check their Instagram stories, that is really your body saying, give me that dose of dopamine. And you're, you're reaching for the phone in order to get that dose. So understanding the brain is helpful because if you don't know what's going on, you think you're just going absolutely crazy. But the good news is it eventually does settle down. Um, Mm. Eventually your body goes through that state of shock and the denial, and then it starts to accept, oh, this is a new reality. And your chemicals start to go back into an equilibrium. I think that might be comforting for people when they feel that loss and I'm sure it can feel out of control Mm -hmm. when they know it's like happening scientifically on like a, a very chemistry level that that those things are happening and it makes sense that it could be related to a drug. It almost makes like relationships sound bad in a way, but I know that they're not. I just, it's so interesting. I was reading that earlier and I was like, oh, it's like doing drugs. Interesting. And I'm curious too, because I, I am in a relationship. I have a fiance and we're in this interesting period right now where I'm on tour. I'm Mm -hmm. gone for two months and I, we are, not going to lie, really struggled with the time apart. We spent so much time together and I was reading your breakup stuff and I was like, maybe it's like that loss of dopamine and like we're almost going through a withdrawal. Would that be a similar experience or? I would say that, yeah, you, when you're with each other all the time, you have a familiarity, right? You have a homeostasis and that's Mm -hmm. what your body likes. It likes a homeostasis, what it's used to. So you pluck yourself out for two months. Your body's like, what the hell's going on? And so, yeah, in your case, then it's important for you to find your way of being able to connect. Even though there's not a physical touch, there's still ways that you can create those, those chemicals um, mm-hmm. and have those points of connection, quality connection to kind of keep yourself feeling safe and your nervous mm-hmm. system feeling regulated. Yeah, that made total sense because I, I felt like I was having an easier time because I was replacing that like dopamine with the new opportunity that I right. was having where he didn't have that extra like replacement for it. So that's super interesting. Um, so I'm going to dive more into that as we navigate this, but I want to know like a good way about going through a breakup. Like what is the normal process like and how is a, how can we support ourselves yeah. in through that process of breaking up? I think the first thing for people to understand is that there's different stages of separation and mm-hmm. it isn't linear. Uh, and there's seven main stages. So the very first stage is shock. 
again, this is your body's way of protecting itself because it can't take the entire new reality just yet because it's too overwhelming. After that is denial where you're like, is it over? Well, maybe it's not over. Maybe this is just a fight. And again, it's your body's way of bracing itself to slowly accept this new reality. Then you realize like, oh, it's over. Oh my gosh. And it hits depression and sadness. After depression, there's anger. Anger is actually a positive sign in the healing process because it shows that Mm -hmm. energy is moving. And then you start to look at what are the injustices? What action do I need to take? What boundaries do I need to put in place? Then after that is another stage called bargaining, which is very similar to denial. And this is when you might go like, well, maybe if I just tried this differently, or, you know, how about if we did therapy for another time? Or you go back and you're like, well, maybe we'll just have sex just one more time, right? And sometimes I see people get caught up in the bargaining stage for quite a while until Mm -hmm. they recognize like, oh, the results are going to be the same. And then you hit another stage called accountability. And this is when instead of you going like, they should have done this, they did this, they're a narcissist, whatever they are you pathologize them, you start going like, well, wait a minute. It takes two to tango here. So where am I accountable for the parts in this relationship that want that healthy? Um, And then the conversation really starts to go from them to yourself. And then you go into the stage of acceptance when you go, oh, I accept that this relationship is over. It doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean that you don't miss a person. Mm-hmm. But you are in reality. You're no longer in fantasy, thinking about the shoulds. And you accept that it's over and you now start taking the steps to move forward. And again, you can bounce back between the different stages. You can experience multiple stages at the same time. It's all normal. But what happens is if you resist going through the stages, you prolong that stage. And I see this a lot. And unfortunately, I see it more in men than women is Hmm. this this, um, distraction and avoidance of feeling the feelings and what happens is this is what we call baggage. It doesn't just go away. Time mm-hmm. doesn't just make the wounds heal on its own magically. Only when we fully feel and process and learn from the emotions, do we heal from them. Mm, that makes total sense with how people then bring old stuff into new relationships because they haven't fully processed them yet. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm sure the easier way to manage that is just avoiding it altogether and diving right into a new relationship yeah. or other tendencies that I'm sure people go through. You mentioned that it was like six to eight weeks that the initial emotional reaction can start to die down a little bit. Like what is an average process of someone experiencing the grief of a breakup? Like how long does that usually take? Yeah. So I would say the emotional intensity starts to peak around the six to eight week mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is really like, again, the chemical starting to get back to an equilibrium, that state of shock starts to dissipate. Mm-hmm. But how long really depends on how you process it. I have worked with people who've been through a break up or divorce, which was five years ago. And I, I meet them at breakup bootcamp and they are still obsessed about what their ex did or did not do the apology mm-hmm. that they didn't get. And I'm like, Oh, you're still in a relationship with this person. It's been five years because your obsession, your focus, your energy is all about your ex. Mm-hmm. And even if it's filled with rage or anger, 
you're still the emotional charge is keeping you, you know, attached. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I say to people, if you're still vilifying your ex, hoping for your ex to change, pathologizing them, you're still in a relationship with your ex. You're just in a relationship with someone who's not in a relationship with you. Mm. Yeah, because all of your energy is still going to that person and not to yourself or to other relationships. Yeah. That's so interesting. What is the key factor, would you say, to fully getting over a relationship? Is it time? Is it a new relationship? Is it work with yourself? Like, What is that key factor that helps people get through that breakup? Yeah. I believe that a relationship is never a failure if you learn something. And also mm-hmm. if you had a if you had fun and you enjoyed yourself, you're fully present and you gave it your all, right? If you tried, if you had a good time and you learned something, my gosh, it doesn't matter the duration of it. I think mm-hmm. that in our society, we have a messed up definition of what a successful relationship is. And it's based on how long someone's been together, but someone mm-hmm. who's been together for 40 years and that relationship was filled with passive aggression, disrespect, uh, lack of passion. I don't think that's successful just because you stuck it out. And so a lot of it is understanding that our relationships, they're bridges. And each each relationship is a bridge that helps you evolve. And ultimately, the love story begins and ends with you. The people that come along the way from the person you went on a one-month relationship with, (laughs) the two dates, the five-year, all of those are just bridges that help your soul evolve. And and we're going to, whoever we end up with, we are going to lose them at some point, whether it's through breakup, whether it's through sickness, through death, through growing apart, whatever it is. So you might as well give it all that you possibly can. And when it ends, respect the relationship, respect the grieving process. And it is always going to be a part of your heart. It shapes you. So mm-hmm. learning from it is I think extremely important because when we learn from it, we can actually reframe that relationship from being a failure to a bridge, a stepping stone. Yeah. I like the reframing. Um, Cause I was, I was even looking at your process with it and how your relationship has led you or that breakup led you to starting breakup boot camp and all of the things that you're doing now and changing your jobs and all the things that came after it. But it, it's really hard to find that in the thick of it, in the emotions of it and seeing like, oh, this could be a really good thing for me or this could yeah. open up all these doors. When you're in that emotion, it's really hard to find. So totally. Yeah. And I, I would tough. say for that, when people, when you're going through a breakup and someone says to you, it just happens for a reason. It yeah. is like the biggest slap in the face because you're yeah. in the eye of this like this tornado and you're like, what mm-hmm. the hell are you talking about? And so mm-hmm. I think at that point, what you want to do is you have all this energy. And when you are ruminating about your eggs or fantasizing about this closure, or maybe they'll come back that's obsession. Obsession is energy and it's just energy that's misdirected. So what Mm -hmm. you want to do is this is a time where you pick up something that is a new hobby. Maybe you write that blog you've always wanted to write or that book, you start dance lessons, whatever it is, you need to find a new thing to get obsessed over, but something that's going to make you feel good as you get better at it. Because what will naturally happen is you, you redirect that energy 
into passion for something else that feeds you, that helps your light shine bright, and you will eventually start to slowly forget about your ex. It's a natural mm-hmm. thing that happens because you only have so much energy. Um, yeah. But if you don't find that new thing, it will constantly just go back to your ex. Yeah. And sometimes that new thing, I guess, is a, a new play toy. <laughs> <for that person. laughs> for you, how do you decipher when a relationship is just going through a rough patch and you need to like dig deeper and find new ways to work through it or it's when it's like you should break up. I feel like it's very difficult to decide between the two sometimes. Yeah, definitely. I think that look, it's going to be different for for everyone and it's going to be mm-hmm. based on uh, your values. It's going to be based on your options. Um, it's going to be based on, do you have children, pets, properties together? All those things are going to factor into your decision of should I stay or should I go? But I mm-hmm. think that some questions you can ask yourself to help guide your, your intuition so that you can make a decision that feels right for you is, is it a blip or is it a pattern? And a blip is Maybe your partner's super stressed at work or you're on the road and something comes Mm -hmm. up and it's hard, but you eventually can work through it. A pattern is every time you get in a fight, they disappear for two weeks and Mm -hmm. you, no matter what amount of therapy or conversations you have, it keeps happening over and over and over again. And by the 10th, 20th, 30th time, you realize there's been no changes or shifts or no even intention to want to create change in that, then you can say, oh, that's a pattern. Mm -hmm. And another question to ask yourself is there's something called sunk cost fallacy. And it's something that's used a lot in, you know, the stock market where we put bad money, uh, good money over a bad deal. And we do this all the time, even when we buy tickets to a movie and it sucks in the first 15 minutes, but you're like, oh, you already paid you know, the money. I'll, I'll, I'll stick it out and watch the whole thing. This yeah. happens in our relationships. We stay in a relationship because of what we've already invested. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, I've already invested therapy, money, time. It's been four years. And that is the reason why you stay. So you want to ask yourself, okay, I can never recoup what I've already invested. If I was to make the same decision right now, knowing what I know about this person and I need to accept them exactly as they are, would I choose this person today and Mm. optimize for present and future value versus all the stuff you've already invested in the past. And that can help you with your decision-making process. Mm, That was a really good way to look at it and a good question to ask that pattern versus blip. Uh, That was very helpful. Thank you for that. I, I've seen friends go through, through really hard breakups and people that I know, I get DMs all the time about people going through stuff like that. So someone that's going or has gone through the grieving process and is looking to put the, themselves out there again, how do they go into new dating experiences and keep their heart open? I know that's a huge thing for you. And how do they not take their old relationship and what they had and compare it to new ones? Like what's a great way to go through this new process of dating again? Yeah. So I'm always asked like, well, don't you have to be completely over someone to start something with someone new? And I actually don't think that's the case. Mm -hmm. I think there, if you are in the thick of grieving and you're completely destroyed, yes, do not go and date other people. Like that's terrible, but there isn't going to be this neat and tidy ending of your feelings for this one person. And then you can start with someone new. And Mm -hmm. the only way to find out 
is to actually put yourself out there and go on a date. And if you go on a date and you're absolutely destroyed afterwards, then, okay, give yourself a pause, do more self-care, wait a bit before you try again. But if you go on a date and you're like, oh, like that wasn't bad. And expect the first person you go on a date with is probably not going to blow your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if it was about, then just keep going. And I really think that's just how you approach it. It's just one day after another day and really tempering your expectations. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of misguided information and ways people date where we go on a date and we're optimizing to try to find our, our person. That's not Dates one to three is mm-hmm. only meant to establish fun and rapport. That is it. Don't go on a date. You're like, are you going to be my future husband, my future wife, like mother of my child? Don't do that <laughs> because people can also feel that pressure and that mm-hmm. conquesting energy where you're fitting them into whatever plan that you have. Again, go out your only intention. I'm going to have fun and I'm going to create connection. And if you can do that, that's a successful date. If you want to see them again, you don't even need to know if it's a romantic connection because sometimes your brain cognitively takes some time to process what type of connection that is. But if you Mm -hmm. had fun, you want to see them again. That actually means that there's dopamine there. Go again. That's it. Yeah. I love taking that pressure off. Yeah, I did that a lot dating and especially in New York City. I was like, well, he was not my person and, (laughs) you know, I'm never going to talk to him again. (laughs) That's a lot of pressure to put on drinks for an hour, you know? (laughs) So I get that. But yeah, I think that's a great way to approach it. It's just less pressure on it. And it's like learning. It's almost like building a muscle again um, and finding that new process for yourself. And it's exci- it can be really fun if yeah. you allow it to be. So I hope that helps people. Going into a new relationship, I, I've seen the pattern from these breakups and these uh, stories that you've shared in your book and things like that, that like the relationship was so much a part of them. And it was now there's just like huge hole missing out of their life when a breakup happens. So going into a new relationship, I'm wondering if they're should be more of a balance or like how do you approach maybe not even your in your new relationship like how is that balance now or is it just like oh you found a new person to replace that hole does that make sense mm. yeah there's a exercise i have in the book that i'll just walk you know listeners through and if you have a mm-hmm. paper and pen get one out draw a circle and in that circle <laughs> slice it up in in slices of pie and in your past relationship, how much of that circle was devoted to the relationship? And this isn't just physical time. It's thinking about them, wishing about them, fighting with them, all of that. And if you tend to veer more codependent or more anxiously attached, that pie slice is probably going to be what, 70, 80%. I've had people come to boot camp and it's like 90%. Their whole Mm -hmm. pie was the relationship. And so of course, after breakup, 90% of your life, your headspace, your heart, everything is gone. So if you don't find ways to fill up that pie, to fulfill your needs of community, connection, um, exercising, hobbies, things like that, you're going to fill it up with thoughts of your ex. And moving into a new relationship, especially if you know you have more kind of codependent tendencies where you kind of mesh with someone, draw another circle. And what does your ideal pie look like? And are there hobbies in there? Are there community? Is there friendships, family? And have a more balanced pie. And when you're in a relationship, have that pie 
somewhere you can see so that when you start changing your plans around and and saying no to your friends for brunch, because that's the only, you know, sliver of time that your, your new boyfriend can see you, or Mm -hmm. you're like, you know what? I just will exercise because I would rather like go watch a movie with him. You start to be like, no, I'm doing that thing again. My pie slice is going from 50, 60, 70, 80, 90% to them. And that is actually a very unhealthy way mm-hmm. of being in a relationship. That's something I also do, did in the early stages of dating. And when I was going through the dating process, like, oh, I'm just going to be available just in case he texts me and he wants yes. to hang out on a Friday. I'm just going to be available <laughs> and cancel all chances of having plans. And they were never, they never reached out. So <laughs> don't do that, especially in dating. But yeah, I think that's a great uh, way to look at it because it balances lovely in all forms. Um, <laughs> I want to go a little bit into the spiritual aspect that you put into breakups. And I I want you to explain a little bit on how we can keep our heart open because I think the idea of that is lovely, but like what are the like other elements of like how do I actually do that for myself? And then what is the spirituality kind of mixed in with this whole breakup boot camp? Yeah, I think that when you start learning the tools to self-regulate, to deal with anxiety, the uncertainty – you start to see your, it's like really like a muscle, um, mm-hmm. your muscle for emotional regulation starts to get stronger and stronger and you see how resilient you actually are. And if you, and it's not these big things, right? It's like when you feel anxiety here, a really quick tool that it, it, you first feel it, maybe it's tightness in the chest, right? Maybe you saw a picture of your ex or something like that. And typically what would happen is you create a story and then you'd spiral and that anxious feeling would grow bigger and bigger and bigger. But a hack you could do, set a timer for two minutes, shake your body from head to toe. That will help Mm. metabolize adrenaline and cortisol that's pulsing through your body. Then you do some deep breaths and then you meditate and you'll be able to see like, oh, I can do that and calm down. All right. Mm -hmm. And then the more you practice that, it becomes more second nature. Instead of spiraling, you're like, oh, I can do this thing to self-soothe. And it becomes almost like a game where you're like, oh, I can do this thing. And you get stronger and you see yourself getting stronger. And I think what happens is after a breakup is if it's for your first time, yeah, you think your world is completely over. But once you get go through enough disappointment, heartbreak, breakup, and you get back up every single time a little bit stronger, you mm-hmm. realize like, oh, I'm not going to get utterly destroyed. And mm-hmm. because you know that, you're like, I can open my heart up because even if the shoe drops and even if I get hurt, I can get back up. And really, like, that's one of the things that has helped me so much is I have had my heart through the ringer. And yes, dating in New York is insane, right? Like, (laughs) it's like new prospect and then you go again and then I go again. And I remember right before I met my partner, I, I met someone who I was so into. And I remember being like, thank you, God. Like, I finally met someone who were like such a fit. We're reading the same book and sharing notes. And it didn't work out. And I remember this moment, I was in my apartment in New York and I was just crying and Mm -hmm. I went on my knees and I prayed to God, universe, whoever was out there. I'm like, I don't get it. I, I help people. Why am I going through this? And then I remember this quote that I tell the women who come to renew. And that is our greatest lesson in this lifetime is to practice opening our hearts, even when it hurts especially Mm -hmm. when it hurts. And I was like, yeah, 
I, I don't need to do what I did nine years ago, which was completely close up because I have the tools and I am resilient and I can get back up. And yes, it didn't work out with this person, but I felt so much. And that just meant that my heart expanded and I can feel even more. I'm getting back up. I got in a dating app and a week later I met my now partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true resilience. That's beautiful. Yeah, I didn't experience that so much in the love aspect, but I experienced that in I'm a dancer and auditioning. So that heartbreak was constant and yeah. I would be devastated all the time. But the more that you got devastated, the less it hurt and the more that you realize that, oh, it's not as bad as I'm making it out to be at this in this moment and I can handle much more than I realized I could handle. Because yeah. then I would – if I didn't do that, I would close off to it, not put myself back out there, not try for more experiences, and you can't grow like that. So that makes total sense. Last few questions. I want to get some like quick tips about going through dating. So like anything that can help for like little tips going through the process, like maybe social media tips or like how to like set boundaries, anything like that when you're going through that breakup. After breakup, you really do want to have no contact. And mm-hmm. if I just tell you, just don't ever contact your ex that is going to be too overwhelming of a goal. So you want to break them into more manageable, realistic goals. So I would do something called chunking. So you give yourself a goal of 30 days of no contact, no checking their social media. After 30 days, you reassess and see how you feel, see if you can add another 30 days. It's always helpful to actually have a physical calendar and actually mark with an X every single day that you're able to do no contact. The -hmm. reason why is this is called doing a strike and it creates dopamine in your brain. And what happens is after like day seven, eight, something uh, innate kicks in where you're like, oh, I already did eight days. I need to do more. I'm not going to stop at this point. I'll lose those eight days. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's super helpful. If you need to draw a boundary with your ex, it doesn't mean you have to have this like terrible falling out. You can tell them like, hey, especially for the exes that want to be friends. Typically Uh the people who break up want to be friends, obviously, because they want that comfort still. Um, But it's actually really harming your ability to move forward. So you will Mm -hmm. let them know, hey, right now I need to focus on my own self-care and I need to have no contact um, for at least 30 days. After that, I'll assess if I'm ready to reach out. And if I am, I'll reach out, but please do not contact me and set that straight. So that's one one quick tip. I love that. Yeah. Cause it can be really hard. I've heard people of like, well, they keep contacting me and they won't let me move on. And it, it's feeling like they want to get back together. So I'm staying open to it, but yeah, that's really, really tough. So I think setting that boundary and I love that calendar thing. I, I feel like that can apply to a lot of things. Like yeah. I love writing things down and drawing a big X. That sounds so satisfying. <laughs> so I'm going to apply that to other aspects. I would love to kind of end off because I know that you made a huge shift in your life and I know that breakups or the feeling of like change and of uh, grief can kind of come in a lot of different forms versus just like breakups. And I, I know you went through a huge shift uh, before you started this company. So I would love to hear on like how you knew to take that big leap and what that process was like for you. And for someone who wants to do something similar, what advice would you have? I guess maybe this is where the spirituality kicks in. You know, every time my heart broke, I said to myself, like, there's gotta be a reason for this. And I don't know what it is yet, but I know it's for something and the the dots haven't connected. I always believed that. Mm -hmm. And 
And finally, when I came up with this idea of creating a, a breakup boot camp, I remember I was at Soho's. I just came up with the idea. I wrote it on like the back of a piece of paper, this idea. And I was working in corporate. I was chief marketing officer of Spin, the ping pong clubs. And I was like, okay, I'll <laughs> we'll have you fun. Yeah, they're super fun. Um, I, I was like, I'll just launch it as a thing on the side as a hobby because I was just trained in corporate. But I was like, this pain has to be for something. And if I can use that pain to help one person, then to me, it was worth it. And that's what, you, you know, that was the same idea that got me started writing about my heartbreaks and dating online 12 years ago. It was really like, well, maybe this pain can help someone. It's not for nothing. And, mm -hmm. and that's what I just kept saying to myself. I was like, okay, like maybe I was born to do this. Maybe this is the bigger reason. And that's why it's my mission today is to, help people have healthier relationships. And namely it's the relationship with self because when you've got that taken care of, the rest does fall in place. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Yeah. Everything comes down to that point. And yeah, I love that something that was scary turned into something so big. So I, yeah. I think that can be very inspirational for people out there who maybe have an idea or something in the back of their mind that they're like, oh, I, I want to do something like that, but I don't know how. Right. So I love having stories like yours to for people to see like that it is possible for them too. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, I think we can wrap with just some final questions. Um, and I just have two for you based on like what you do and your work. I'm wondering like what is something that you hope people – remember you by or your work by or take away from what you do? Like, what is your hope for those people? My hope is that they look inside to assess how they are complicit and contributing to the emotional experience that they're having. Because mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to point the finger of blame at others, right? It's, you know, dating in New York sucks. Everyone's a narcissist, whatever that is. And I think that that story just keeps you stuck. So it just mm -hmm. doesn't serve you. And um, my hope is that with the work and my legacy is that they learn tools and maybe it's just this little seed that has been planted and it takes some time to grow where you learn that you're much stronger and more resilient than you think and that there are tools. And when you learn them and you practice them, you start changing your direction. My hope is that people understand that they can create change and it just requires taking that first step. And it's these small, seemingly insignificant steps done on a consistent basis every single day. And eventually those steps compound and you find yourself at a completely different destination. I love that. That's so huge. And it seems like your work is doing that for so many people. So I'm hoping that this continues to grow and people can just keep getting better, you know? Last question. What would be like one last piece of advice or leaving thought? It can be related to what you do or just something that you want to leave us with. I would say that it is a committed partnership that you're looking for. And if you're not, that's totally fine. Embrace the phase of life you're in. Mm -hmm. Understand that there is an equation to what creates a partnership. And there's four pillars. The one is chemistry. So there's got to be some sort of connection. The second is compatibility. So an alignment of values and vision. The third is timing. The perfect person at the wrong time is the wrong person. Mm. And the fourth, which I think a lot of people forget when they're in the infatuation and love drug stage is mutuality. That means two people mutually 
invested in building a partnership. And this means you it's not just intention because we can all say, I want a relationship. Yeah, I totally do. But it's intention, ability, and capacity. And not everyone has the capacity to build. And you mm. might not even have the capacity to build because that is very different when it comes to building a partnership. It's very different from just dating for finding your early 20s. Building means even when you are so annoyed with your partner and you want to just pout or you want to be passive aggressive or you want to just avoid conflict altogether mm-hmm. that you muster up the strength even when it's uncomfortable to do what is going to be helpful for the overall relationship. And so mm-hmm. yeah, that means you're going to find yourself in uncomfortable situations. You continue to to honor the values of the relationship and not everyone has that capacity. So don't ignore when someone doesn't show up and you can see it in the very beginning and don't Mm. make up for their lack. Don't try and fix people. It's not worth it. (laughs) I love that. This was such a beautiful conversation. I can't thank you enough for being here, Amy. Can you just share where everyone can find you, read your book, all that you have going on? Yeah. So the website's Renew, BreakupBootCamp.com. My book, Breakup Bootcamp, the size everywhere your heart is at all bookstores. And you can follow me on Instagram at Miss Amy Chan. Love it. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Have a great day. That is it for me today, you guys. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. Before you go, make sure that you rate, review, and follow as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode. And one thing you can share in the meantime, this podcast, obviously, send it to a friend who needs some inspiration or give us some love on social media and tag us at something to share podcast on Instagram. And I'll see you next Wednesday.